Our scripture reading today comes from the book of Acts, chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. Please join me with the reading and hearing of God's word. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some that belonged to the church, intended to prosecute them. He had James, the brother John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to the guards by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out to the public trial after Passover. So Peter was kept in prison. But the church was earnestly praying for God, to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard over the, over the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and the light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of prison, but he had no idea what the angel was doing and was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guard and came to an iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. And when they walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to <laughs> then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent this angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When this had dawned in him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Paul. Oh, sorry, Mark. When they <laughs> where many people had gathered and were praying, Peter knocked at the outer entrance and the servant named Rhoda, came and answered the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran without opening it and exclaiming, Peter is at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be an angel. But Peter kept knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said, and they left for another place. This is the word of God for the people of God. for y'all it's a question that I've been wrestling with and this is this is have you ever wondered if your prayers make a difference I, I mean like really make a difference have you ever thought whether your prayers can make a difference 
I've been there, y'all. Maybe, maybe some of y'all have been there. Maybe some of y'all are there today. Y'all, I, I got to tell you something that happened the other night that I got to witness that has begun to transform my understanding of my prayer life. And may, maybe it'll change yours too. You see, word had begun to spread throughout all of Jerusalem about Peter. You know, you know the disciple Peter about him having been arrested. And, and this Peter's the one that I was part of that crowd, that, that 3,000 that day that heard Peter began to declare this thing about Jesus. And, and, and my heart was strangely worn and I began to encounter Jesus and I embraced Jesus in my life that day and began to join the movement called what is now called the way. This Peter who had made a profound impact in my life, he's been arrested by Herod Agrippa, no less. And this Herod, this Herod's on a tear, y'all. And, and, and maybe you remember his grandfather because I think in some ways he was trying to follow in his his grandfather's footsteps. I mean, Herod the Great was a ruthless man. Can I get an amen to that? I mean, Herod Gripper, if, if you recall, maybe you don't, but, but he's the one that when Jesus was just a little baby, he sent out the edict to Bethlehem and said, kill every boy two years and under in hopes of eradicating Jesus. <laughs> his plans didn't work then. And here's his grandson, Herod Agrippa, King Herod, as, as we know him here in Jerusalem, and well, he's arrested Peter. And, 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 and this is, news is on top of uh, even heavier news. I mean, because there's a pattern starting to break out. Stephen's been stoned months ago. James, we just got word, had been arrested and, 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 and run through by the sword. I mean... <sighs> Shivers run through my, shine, my spine when I think about those last moments for James. This son's a thunder brother of John, whose life was cut short by this man named Herod. And here's Peter. He's in prison. None of us know what the outcome of his life will be. And, and, and so I found myself amongst those that, after having word, we, we gathered over in Mary's house, you know, John Mark's mother's house. She, she had been hosting house church, y'all. And let me tell you, house church is rocking it there in Jerusalem, and, and, and it's a meaningful thing. And so I'm gathered there with others there, and, and, and James, not the one who's been run through, but, but James, the half-brother of Jesus, you know, the one that didn't exactly believe in Jesus, but then came to believe in Jesus. His words came to us. You know, his words that if anyone's in trouble or if anyone's suffering, we'll gather the church and begin to pray. And so what did we do? We began to pray. We began to pray earnestly for Peter. And, and, but I got to admit to you, as I was praying, as, as we were crying out feverishly for Peter, in the back of my mind, Pete's days are short. His days are short. But, but we're praying nonetheless, and, and we're praying, and we're praying up a, a fever, if you will, in that upper room, in that house, and, 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 and we're just praying along, and we're crying out to God, and, and would you believe it? Rhoda comes running in, like googly-eyed and filled with all this kind of joy, and said, Pete's at the door! And we're like, are you crazy? I mean, you're out of your mind crazy. How in the world could Peter be here? I mean, 
Peter, we are told, is under guard, and I'm talking heavy guard, not one, not two, but four squadrons of soldiers are keeping watch on Peter. There's no way of breaking him out of jail. (laughs) We thought she was crazy. So we got back to praying, because that's what we do. We're praying for Peter. That knock at the door, it didn't stop. It got louder and louder and I don't know about y'all, but any of y'all have that like solemn moment where you're just trying to focus in and, and someone's like distracting you and irritating you? I mean, how dare someone be knocking at the door while we're praying for Pete's sake? Really? But some amongst us went down to, to open the door and, and, and my eyes wandered down the stairs and, and to, to them as I opened the door. And let me tell you, as sure as sheep stink... It was Pete at the door. Peter was at the door. (laughs) My face gave away my shock. We were all astounded at the fact that Peter was there indeed at the door. And, And even more than being astonished at him being at the door was him being able to recount what just had happened as we're praying and he's in prison and God opens the doors and delivers him. I mean, think about this. For a moment, Peter's retelling the story to us, and I'm sitting here like, man, this is crazy. I mean, Peter, having just heard what happened to James, knowing what happened to Stephen, being shackled on his left and his right with a soldier guarding him on either side, he's sleeping like a rock. He's sleeping like a rock. You know, Jesus pegged him right, right? Peter, the rock upon which I build my church, right? He's dead asleep, and and he's telling us how this angel had to nudge him, had to poke him in the side in order to wake him up. and said, wake up, get up, get dressed. And in that moment, the chains on his wrists break free. And and, and he's told to to grab his outer garment and and to follow that angel. Can, Can you imagine what's going on there? I mean, the light's shining, and there's an angel there, and, and Peter is set free, and he's kind of stepping sideways, kind of getting between the two soldiers, because they're still asleep, y'all. Somehow they are. And he gets to the door, and, and he goes past the first guard. That one's still asleep, and then the second guard. I mean, by this point, he's past four armed men that would take his life. And somehow he gets past all four of them, only to get to the iron gate, that iron gate, and, and we had passed by it before. I, I passed by it when James was there. I passed by it earlier today, knowing Peter was there. This gate opens up, and Peter walks through. And, and, and he's like, man, I thought I was dreaming. I mean, I thought he was dreaming too. And he thought he was having a vision, kind of like he had had before. He had had a, a vision before. And so he thought God was showing him something that might happen in the future. But no, as he's walking through the town, the angel disappears and he comes to his senses and he realizes, no, God had delivered him from the grip of Herod's hate and a mob that wanted to do away with him. Because you see, Herod's a people pleaser. He saw how the crowd had responded to him running James through with a sword and he was just waiting for the end of this festival so he could do something similar. I have no doubt he was going to make some kind of spectacle of Peter. But there's Peter in our midst, in Mary's house, sharing with us that God had delivered him from prison in the midst of our prayer gathering. 
I was astounded, y'all. <laughs> you ever experienced something like that? You ever seen a miracle happen? You ever see something that just shouldn't have happened happen in your life? And question, how in the world could this happen? I mean, I, I'm sitting there trying, in my mind, trying to process it all. And in that moment, I got to thinking, you know, we thought Rhoda was out of her mind. I mean, in some ways, she kind of is. But, you know, we, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but it wasn't her out of her mind. But it was me that needed to get out of my own mind. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I got stinking thinking going on. I, I got this limited framework of how the world's supposed to work and how things are supposed to be. What's possible and what's not possible. And, 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 and this idea that Peter would be broken loose in the middle of the night by an angel was just, it blew my mind in that moment. And then I was reminded of the scriptures that I had been taught as a boy, sitting there in the temple by the rabbis. You know, they like to read from the scrolls, and, and Isaiah was one they would read from often. And, and it's Isaiah that had spoken hundreds of years earlier. The words of God saying, you know, my ways aren't your ways. My thoughts aren't yours. As sure as the heavens are higher than the earth, my ways are higher than yours, and my thoughts are higher than yours. You see, somehow I have forgotten that, and I had limited my understanding of how God could work because of my mind. I need to get out of my mind, y'all. Some of y'all need to do that this morning. Maybe you do too. And so as I'm processing this, I also was reflecting on not only how astonished I was that Peter had been set free, but how convicted I was that I, I, I was wavering in my sense of whether prayer even mattered. Like, why bother? Right? And, and, and as I began to recognize that, I began to realize that, you know, I can pray earnestly, I can pray feverishly, but am I praying expectantly? Like expecting that the God of the universe who created the heavens and the earth, the one who rose Jesus from the grave, the one I had said yes to, could do something about this circumstance? <laughs> you see, there's a big difference between praying earnestly and praying expectantly. And I, I you know, I'll be the first one to admit, I, I had good reason maybe not to be expectant that day, you know. I had prayed for James just the same way I prayed for Peter, and, and the outcome was different, y'all. In many ways, it had dejected me. And it had kind of sensed me to retreat in terms of the way I would be pray for Peter in that moment. I was praying for his peace, not so much his deliverance. <laughs> I sold him short in my prayers, y'all. You see, we're called to pray expectantly. And that night kind of rejuvenated that for me. And, and, and I realized that Peter, the one that had kind of taken me in as one of his own and, and discipled me, he knew what it was like to pray expectantly. I think that's why he was sleeping like a rock that night. Not like a baby, right? Babies don't sleep that well. I don't know where that phrase comes from. But he was dead to the world because I can't help but think that he had great peace in the midst of the storms he was facing that night, uncertain about whether he would live to see another day. He is sleeping with great peace because he knows how to pray expectantly. And the interesting thing is he had been there before. He had been in this situation before. In fact, all the apostles had been rounded up before and put in prison, and God had delivered them in a similar fashion. If God did it then, why couldn't God do it now? 
And, and, and Peter knew this, though, that even if God didn't answer it the way that he would like to have it answered, he could expect that God would answer his prayers. Because I can remember, I can remember Peter telling us after having proclaimed that awesome sermon out there and, and begun the movement of the way, he began to take us in and meet in house churches and teach us the ways of Christ. And he would tell us, he would remind us how even Jesus in the garden, Peter was one of those that was there with Jesus in the garden before he was about to be arrested. And get this, even Jesus was saying, God, take this cup from me. But not my will, but your will be done. <laughs> you see, Peter was able to testify how even Jesus entrusted the outcome to God and expected that God would turn it out for the good. And boy, didn't he, didn't he? Because you see, Jesus did indeed end up on a cross, but he came through an empty tomb. It's part of the reason I'm here to share with you today is because of what he did through an empty tomb. He gave me forgiveness. He gave me freedom. He gave me the ability to no longer sit on the outskirts of the temple because I wasn't good enough to get into the Holy of Holies area, but I could sit in the presence of God who created me because of his blood. You see, I could pray and sit in the presence of God Almighty because of Christ Jesus. You see, there's something about praying expectantly that changes us. At least it's changed me. And as I was processing this even more, I, I was taken back to how some of the other apostles had, had taken turns uh, uh, sharing their encounters with Jesus, things that they were working on writing down so they could pass it along to, to other house churches, things like Matthew had captured, things like John had captured. Because you see, it was Matthew that, that, that said, it reminded us that when Jesus was teaching them to pray, and, and Peter and Matthew and John and others were teaching me how to pray, Jesus said, when you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray, and, and the Lord's prayer, as, as it will become known, he would, he would say, this is a prayer to declare that God would provide, that God will forgive, and that God will deliver. It wasn't just an ask. It was a declaration that Jesus was teaching his disciples that Peter was instilling in me and Matthew was sharing in house church one day. And it's Matthew that also captured the words of Jesus where he said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. It was Matthew that reminded us of where Jesus said that if, if two or more would here on earth would, would agree to anything that the Father would answer what they wish. And then John, <laughs> man, John's got some awesome notes, y'all. You're gonna, you, you gotta, I hope he shares them with you someday. But he's retelling that encounter in the upper room before the garden incident with Jesus. And, and where Jesus says, if you remain in me and my word remains in you, ask for whatever you wish and the Lord will answer. You see, there's something about praying expectantly that transcends our limited understanding in terms of our mind and our own personal experiences. We allow the Word of God to be what informs and transforms the way we go to God in prayer. Yeah, I'm a little slow. I'm sure I'm going to be amongst those they call disciples. But I can tell you that night, 
and it forever changed the way in which I will approach God in prayer. That I will pray expectantly for God to show up and for God to do what only God can do. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. Y'all went out of my comfort zone today. I'm not an actor. Can I get an amen to that? <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks, Zach. <laughs> Jesus said that my house will be a house of prayer. Those of you that had the opportunity to renew your covenants last week, and if you didn't get a chance, today's another opportunity to grab one of those covenant cards and bring it forward and later in worship. Part of what we covenant to do is to be in prayer for one another and for the other. But I got news for you. If we're not praying expectantly, how can we expect God to work in the circumstances? Each of you, each of us, have things that you're going through that are immensely struggling, causing strife, distress, duress in your life, or in the life of a loved one, or a friend, or maybe a coworker or a fellow student. There, there are things that you know that are going on that apart from a but God intervention, things won't change. So I ask you today, and I'm going to invite the praise team to come up and, and play for a moment, just quietly, some of y'all anyway. Would you take today, would you take this moment and not miss the opportunity to pray with great expectation for God to redeem, for God to restore, for God to heal, for God's peace, for God's comfort, whatever it is that you're discerning that is needed in those circumstances in your lives, would you pray anew today expectantly for that? And can we as a church be a church like that? Will we pray expectantly? Because when you look at Acts, <laughs> there's another incident in persecution. You know what happened? It went back to praying and the house shook violently. And the Spirit of God filled the house anew because they began to pray expectantly. Let's be a house of prayer, y'all. Let's pray now. The altar will be open. Where you are is another great place to pray. But praise team, as you pray just quietly, would y'all just take this moment? Let's pray for the circumstances in our lives that need to be bathed in prayer. And pray how? That's weak, y'all. Pray how? Come on, better yet. Pray how? Let's pray expectantly.